Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Hello, James Holland here. As many of you already know, I recently swapped out my US Dodge for a Bedford MW truck. It drives better, has more space in the back, and perhaps most important for my wife, it's got actual doors. But the process of insuring a car made in 1939 can be very difficult. You often aren't able to speak to someone on the phone who understands the vehicle's value and what sort of cover you need. So that's why I use Cherished Vehicle Insurance Services. They're a fantastic insurer who specialise in historic and classic cars. The teams speak your language and are all specialist vehicle enthusiasts themselves. Whether it's cover for a T-34 tank or your classic VW campervan, Cherish Vehicle Insurance Services' broad knowledge base has someone on their team to support you. So next time you need to ensure your pride and joy, speak to Cherish Vehicle Services. Hello. And welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. This is part two of our conversation about Greece. We hope you enjoy it. James really got going. He's got the bit between his teeth and has done some research on his holidays. We've talked about this before, where a thing like Ordio Seglone is, is like, we know about that, uh, but it's the exception, not the rule in France. Whereas that sort of thing is happening in, is happening in Greece, isn't it? On, on on a regular yeah. So uh, uh, what what happens? What what starts? So, so the kind of the, the awfulness of occupation. There is it is never worse than it is in in the winter of nineteen forty one to nineteen forty two. The first winter yeah. of occupation. Well, yeah. there's no resistance really. There's people sort of fleeing to the mountains and all the rest yeah. of it. But obviously, yeah. it, it's organic. It's early days. The reason the communists are able to kind of get hold of the EAM and um the, uh, and then develop ELAS as a result result yeah. of their political part. Yeah. is because obviously they've been clandestine in the 1930s. And mm-hmm. so they've, they're used to doing clandestine operations, which no one else sees. Yeah. So they've already been underground. So they've already got that in underground infrastructure in place. So that's yeah. why they they kind of sort of emerge. And what they do is they appeal very broadly to kind of a wider, um, um, a wider number of Greeks talking about kind of, you know, we're going to introduce the demotic language so that more people can use it, so it's more yeah. easily yeah, understood. Yeah. So we're going to improve um, schools, um, social welfare, um, civic um, projects, communications are all going to be improved. We're going to do all this. And everyone's yeah. thinking, you know, what's not to like? Sounds great. Um, yeah, I'm part of that. You know, and, and we're against, obviously, the occupiers and all the rest of it. But it then turns very, very brutal. You know, as they become more powerful, there's kind of 50,000 members of EAM um, by the summer of 1942. Very, very few people in ELAS in early 19... Maybe ten to 12,000 by, yeah. I don't know, early 1943. That's risen to about 24,000 by the summer of 1943. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's, it's doubled or quadrupled by the summer of 1944. Yeah. But with that becomes, you know, you're, you're suddenly handing an awful lot of power to, to bands of people like Aris yep. uh, um, in, uh, you know, in the mountains. 
and, and that kind of power, that authority corrupts because who do you trust? Who's betraying you? You know, it's got to be my way or the highway. And so, so yes, we've got all these visions for better schools and communications and, and, and civic affairs and all the rest of it and free assemblies and freedom press. Yeah. But not until the war's won and not until we're on top. And up until that point, anyone who's a traitor, in inverted commas, and that doesn't yeah. mean collaborationist, that just means someone who's not towing my line, yeah. is liable to be tortured and executed. And, and you know, it, it's... It's it's just an absolute complete horror show. Yeah. I mean, it, it it really is. But 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 to understand all of this, you you have to go back, and you have to go back. You know, I mean, very very loosely, you have to go back to eighteen twenty one, which is the start of the War of yeah. Independence. Yeah, eighteen twenty nine is when the Greeks finally get away from from um, from Ottoman rule, kind of independent states. Not until I think the eighteen thirties it becomes a monarchy. And then you've got the whole kind of the Balkan Wars of 1912, 1913. Then you've got the First World War. Then you've got the war with Turkey yeah, yeah, yeah. and Smyrna and all that. You know, and it, it is worth kind of going into all that. But maybe we should do that next time we um, next time we do. But but it's just it's so interesting. And then there's Metaxas, of course. You know, which is which is this sort of weird anomaly because he's a he's a you know he's a fascist dictator. Takes over in 1936 on fifth you know fifth of August is his, is the moment 1946 when he takes complete power. Woodhouse and uh, and Myers stay in Greece, don't they? They're they're not extracted after that. They remain... Woodhouse certainly remains completely involved in SOE activities in Greece after after this, after Operation Harley, doesn't he? So he's he's involved in talking to the six colonels. He's involved in all of the internal politics. So so the six colonels, the six colonels, this this is classic kind of SOE operating from afar. So the six colonels are a total irrelevance. They're ex-army guys. They're they're pro-monarchists. They're basically based in Athens. They've got this tiny, tiny little movement. But in terms of kind of you know what's going on in wider Greece, that they, they are like a grain of sand. Yeah. I mean, they are totally, totally irrelevant. And it is absolutely typical of SOE Cairo, who's getting its you know directors yeah. from from London, saying these are the guys you need to focus on. Yeah. Because they're supporting King Andrew the Second, you know, yeah. King George II. Yeah, yeah. And Wood- Woodhouse is told to go and told to go and uh, make friends with them, contact them, and set them up with SOE. Right. And the, uh, so then and they have that. this this yeah, and they have this conference in Cairo where you know members of LS and AM and EDES and and and, and EKKA ECA all come, plus the six colonels. They all come for this this conference in in in, in Cairo. Yeah. yeah. And it is absolutely clear that. Those who are the SOE headquarters in Cairo, compared to those who've been on the ground, yeah, yeah. are literally totally poles apart. Yeah. So what Cairo has been thinking and what is the actual reality is just a massive chasm. Yeah. And the problem with that is is that that London via Churchill and and the Chiefs of Staff and then diluted down to SOE Cairo, think that they are, because they're British and because they're kind of top dog, they can they can say, yeah, yeah, we're okay with that. They, the six colonels and this kind of royalist thing might not really yeah. be kind of what everyone's yeah. saying now, but we'll, we'll make it so. Yeah. And, and what, what Myers says is that ain't going to happen. Yeah. You know, if you want to do this, you're going to have to back ELAS. But because yeah. the heart of, uh, of um, ELAS is communist... And there is this fear of a communist takeover in Greece. Yeah. That yeah. is unconscionable for, yeah. for for SOE and indeed for Churchill and the British government I mean, back in London. It makes France all sound quite simple. I suppose in France you've you've at least got the the fact that there will be an invasion and that they are coming. Whereas you you, you haven't got that leverage, have you? In Greece, the, the the British don't can't even can't actually promise any 
direct action, can they? So French resistance, you can say there's a second front coming. Don't worry. It's inevitable. It's obvious. It's obvious that's what's going to happen. Whereas in Greece, ah, you, you, everyone knows it's... Im- First of all, everyone knows it's impossible. Just too difficult, wouldn't it be? Just too difficult to, to pull off. Um, and... And and obviously a distraction from the main effort, as Bomber Harris would say. So I mean it. I mean it's fascinating when you look at the when you look at the Greek monarchy because after all the British are thinking in terms of monarchy as a thousand best part of a thousand year institution with its ups and downs and its twists and turns and not necessarily totally stable. But you've got you look at you've got kings who resign. You've got um, three kings, two kings who die um, uh, from eighteen thirty three. Otto Otto resigns, then George I dies then constantine the first abdicates he's then Alexander- after the great so there's the, there's the national schism exactly which is between venizelos who is yeah. who, who is the prime minister and who is yeah. he is pro-allied and um and he's he is all for getting involved in this so now we're going back to the first world war. this is why all yeah. this is really really relevant because yeah. during the first world war he, he's he is prime minister and he's saying we, we should support the allies and the allies are keen to get greece involved for, for, yeah. for, for maritime possessions and for yeah. all sorts of very good reasons. Whereas Constantine, because he's basically German, yeah. is kind of pro... Um, oh. is, is, is pro-German anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah And yeah. so he, he wants to stay neutral. Yeah. And so there is this... Because that's the best he can do. Um, that's the best he can do. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he... So, so, and Venizelos, who is this great statesman of, of Greece, of modern Greece, um, and still venerated to this day, um, I think the airport at Athens is the Venizelos International Airport, for example. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he wins out. Constantine is abdicate, abdicates, um, and Alexander, his son, takes over as king. Yeah. And they do get involved. Yeah. And on the back of that, they then push on and take Smyrna in northeast, you know, in, in, in that kind of, you know, what's it, between Turkey yeah. and, and Greece and the kind of, you know, the northern yeah. Aegean. And and that goes horribly wrong, and they get it. They get that area from from um, in the from the um, Treaty of Sèvres, which is kind of one of the kind of Versailles post-war yeah. Yeah. settlements. Um, but then Ataturk takes over in in Turkey, and um, what's it? Kemal Mustafa um, Ataturk. Yeah. He takes over, leads his counterattack. Smyrna is taken. Hundreds of thousands of Greeks are killed. You know, Smyrna is torched. And then there's the Treaty of Lausanne in which Smyrna is given back to Turkey. But at the same time, it's agreed that a million Orthodox Christians from from Turkey are going to move back to Greece and half a million um, Muslims from Greece are going to move into Turkey. You know, which is this this sort of unbelievably traumatic, terrible period. Alexander is then kicked out uh, and forced to abdicate. There's then 11 and a half years without a monarchy. Everything starts to go, you know, that's all working okay as a, as, as a sort of Greek republic until the Wall Street crash, which, of course, has a knock-on effect on you know, absolutely everybody and causes political upheaval. So then the king comes back, but it's, it's George II who comes back, not Alexander. Yeah. yeah. And then Venizelos is involved with a military coup to oust the, the, um, the king again. That fails. He flees to Paris and probably dies. Yeah. Um, and so that's the end of Venizelos. But there is still the Venizelost view, which is a kind of republican view rather than, a, you know, it's anti-monarchist. Yeah. And then lots of prime ministers die after one after another. And yeah. so King Andrew then invokes um, a temporary um, a caretaker government and makes Metaxas the um, deputy prime minister. And Metaxas yeah. is this former general 
um, who is um, very, very right wing, absolutely slavishly monarchist. <laughs> but he's he's only got you know in the in the most recent election he's got something like seven seats out of three hundred for his party. So politically, he's is you know he's he's like a complete irrelevance. Yeah. But what happens is the prime minister then dies again <laughs> in office, and so Metaxas takes over. Yeah. Even though, because because no no party, neither the Liberals who are Republican or the um, the Royalists can get a former majority government, and so the only way they can form a majority government is with the help of the Communists, who are also very very tiny. Yeah. But obviously the Venezuelists, the the, the Liberals, are up for doing that. But that's completely unconscionable to the army officers. Yeah. Who just yeah. go, no way, Jose. And the king goes, no way, Jose. So he yeah. uses some ancient executive power from 1864 <laughs> to put Metaxas in power. Yeah. And Metaxas almost immediately just disbands the state and, and gets rid of parliament, gets rid of free press, turns it basically into a fascist state, just like that. The thing that's striking about all this, Jim, though, is even had the Second World War not come along and caused these... That this this is this is what Greek politics would have been like, anyway. Without the Germans in the mix, is that you've got you've got people fighting like rats in a sack. And and what's interesting, following the you know the general European pattern, there are people who've turned to fascism. There are people who've turned to communism. That these these movements, you know, because we so often think of those movements as being German and Italian, but in fact they're they're uh, or, or Russian. You know, they're super active and causing massive. So, you know, for a government to come in and do that, to, to, to act that sort of decisively and draconian in such a draconian way is, is, is interesting in itself, isn't it? Because obviously that means there's, there must be support for that. There must be a chunk of the population who think, fine, you know, this is exactly what we need to do. Well, you know, exactly. Fascist, so Metaxas- governments, fascist governments don't get in without people wanting one. You know, that's, the, that's the, 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 the bald and unhappy truth of that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think the comparisons with someone like Trump is really, really interesting, particularly with all the rhetoric he's come out with in the yeah. last couple of days, you know, about sort of, you know, executing drug traffickers and, you know, yeah. X, Y and Z and, you know, reneging on this and kind of changing that. Uh, I mean, I mean, what, what everyone what you know, the reason why no one puts a um, lifts a finger to Metaxas when he first takes over, even though he's up to that point being this kind of, you know, fringe yep. figure it's because everyone's sort of going, everyone's exhausted. They, you know, there's been so many prime ministers, there's been so many governments, there's been so many, you know, there's been kings and then not kings. There's, been, there's so much upheaval and everyone just sort of goes, oh, you know, it's quite nice to just actually have one person in charge who's just sort of, you know, laying down the law. You know, I got, got quite yeah. into this for a moment. Yeah. But what he's doing is, you know, and so it's the same as, it's kind of very much like, um, like Patan coming in. You know, Metaxas is like, he's an old general, you know, he can be, you know he's reliable, he's got a sort of clear vision. Um, yeah. um, you, you know, he's getting rid of all this sort of political upheaval. Um, you know, maybe that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and what's really interesting is, is none of the kind of intellectuals are kind of swarming, you know, Greek intellectuals are swarming to communism or to the left. No. You know, or particularly opposing Metaxas. There's no kind of outspoken people sort of going, going oh, Metaxas is terrible or anything like that. Um, you, you know, all these sort of, you know, Denying the freedom of press, increase of police and secret police, and all this kind of stuff, and the clampdown of, of of any kind of personal freedoms, you know, in terms of kind of speak your yeah. mind. None yeah. of that is kind of. There's no no one really lifts a finger about it, and that's because of the fear of communism. And what 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 Metaxas does is the same sort of thing that Trump's doing, which is shouting very loudly about a perceived threat, which actually isn't a threat. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, i.e. communism. But actually, communism is very, very small beer in the 1930s in Greece. Yeah. It really, really is. But yeah. what he's doing is, you know, he's pouring concrete onto a well, fault you're dri- line. You're, you're driving people to it, aren't you? The, the- well, you are, but you're also... But what he's doing is he, he, he's pouring... You know, there's, there's a fault line in Greece between monarchists yeah. and anti-monarchists. Yeah. And, and and it's absolutely split down the level. It's, it's a complete binary thing. It's kind of Brexit or Remain. It, it's kind of, you know, it's Trump or not Trump. It's the same kind of thing. But But by pouring concrete into that fault line... You're, you're you're just covering it up. You're not getting rid of the fault line, and that fault line is going to kind of split again. Yeah, and of course it does in the Second World War. Yeah, but but the interesting thing about Metaxas is, is that what happens is when 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 Italy tries to you know the difference between between the Metaxas kind of autocracy and yeah. say Nazi Germany or fascist Italy is that Metaxas has absolutely no territorial ambitions whatsoever. Yeah. He just wants political stability. Yeah. And, and strong central state of yeah, which yeah, he's yeah. in charge. That's yeah. that's his aim. There's no further aim. Whereas obviously yeah. across the way is, is Italy. And Metaxas reaches out to Britain repeatedly saying, you know, can we be allies? Can we be allies? Can we be allies? And Britain saying, well, you know, 1939, don't, you know, that's sort of rather... Don't know, that's of, a good you know, idea, yeah. You know, that's sort of, you know, that's red rag to a bull, all this kind of stuff. Don't want to kind of antagonise the Italians. Don't want them going in the war, blah, blah, blah. So they kind of resist all that. And then, at the same time, Metaxas is having secret conversations with the Germans. You know, Goebbels visits him, for example, in in early April 1939. And Metaxas is kind of not at all reassured by Mussolini. He knows what Mussolini is up to, particularly once he then goes into into Albania in April 1939. It's absolutely clear that next step is going to be Greece. Yeah. And... um, Then that's exactly what happens in October 1940. Yeah. And at that point, the um, Grazzi is the um, is the um, Italian ambassador to to Greece, and he calls on Metaxas in the early hours of whatever it is twenty eighth of October, and and says, you know, you need to cede a whole load of lands to us, or um, and allow us free passage of our troops anywhere in in Greece, um, or else we're going to invade. And um, uh, Metaxas repeatedly says, "Ochi." Which means no, um, and, and at this point, the whole of Greece is completely behind him. Yeah, and this is where you know all the generals, the Greek army is up in Epirus, which is just across the sea from where I am at the moment. And you know they counterattack against the first of all they resist the, the the Italian invasion, and then within two weeks they've actually pushed back into Albania, and it's yeah. an absolute catastrophe for 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 Italy. And of course, the next yeah. step, of course, is Germany getting involved in the invasion of the Balkans in you know yeah. in March, and then the invasion of Greece in, on the seventh of April, nineteen forty one. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, but unfortunately, Metaxas then also it's like absolute kiss of death being a prime minister. In, um, in in Greece, he dies of pneumonia on the 29th of January 1941. So he's out. So so just at the moment where where they've achieved this, you know, they've had their finest hour in Greece and they've had this incredible victory against the Italians in in you know late late 1940. Yeah, Metaxas, their strong arm leader, dies, and there's a again there's a there's a power shift, and but, I mean- and George II puts in a banker as his 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 prime minister. You know, and it just doesn't work, and and you know, the, and, and the whole state just completely collapses with the invasion of of, of 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 Germany. That's the end of the first part. We'll be back in a tick. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. We're talking about Greece. 
given what the British know about what's going on in other countries in general, the idea that, you know, after all, Chamberlain before the war has decided that he knows best how to deal with, he doesn't care what the foreign office are telling him about what's going on in Italy. You know, he's he's running his own back channels to Chano anyway. He's not listening. He's not really listening. So the idea that, uh, you know, uh, uh, and that's the, one of the countries he's concerned about in the Med, properly concerned about. The idea that, he'd have, that the British would have any idea what's going on in Greece, really, an ear to the ground at all. Um, and then for SOE to draw conclusions from what it thinks, what it thinks is going on. It's remarkable, really, it's sort of British, kind of British arrogance, really. Oh, well, we'll, 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 we'll turn up and we'll offer them help. And we're a great power after all. And, after, and the other thing is, is, by 1942, is Britain a great power anymore in, in the eyes of a, a Greek a Greek politician? Well, probably not, because Britain's been kicked out of France. It's been given a runaround in North Africa. It's been humiliated in Singapore. I mean, we, some some chaps. After all, you know, uh, um, uh, um, Woodhouse is a Tory, isn't he? He's a high Tory chap, isn't he? Turn up, don't you worry, old boy. British, the British will help you out in this situation. He's 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 your absolute. He ends up a Tory peer, doesn't he, Monty Woodhouse? So it's. You're sending the wrong, you know, you've got the wrong appraisal. You're sending the wrong people. And already, I mean, just anyone listening to this has an idea of how complicated all this is. Who knows if you're going to pick the right person and he might do have died of pneumonia, well, pneumonia well, well, anyway. Well, the interesting thing is, 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 is even in 1939, even in 1939, the British are going, well, this Metaxas chap, he's jolly good news. Yeah, you know he's yeah. really, really good. He's, he's, you know, he's a fascist. He's, he's yeah. an out-and-out fascist. There's, there's yeah. no, you, you cannot. You know, he creates his own Hitler Youth. I mean, it's it's, it's what, what is it called the the the, um, the, the National Youth Organization, the EON. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's exactly the same. It's the yeah. same principles. You know, yeah. as I say, you know, free press is shut down. You know, Parliament is dissolved. The National yeah. Assembly is dissolved. Yeah. Uh, um, political parties are dissolved. Yeah. Um, police is massively increased. Secret police is massively increased. You know, he is an absolute fascist dictator. But you know, but but also he he is a, he's a realist. And yeah. So listen to this. So, so the interesting thing about Maxis is he kept his diary, um, which which really is his diary. You know, it's his yeah. absolute inner thoughts. So so listen to this. Okay, this is from the fourteenth of July, nineteen forty. Yeah. Okay. So Italy is now in the war. Yeah. You know, France has lost. If the Germans prevail, we will become their slaves. If the British prevail, we'll become slaves to them. If neither, <laughs> Europe will fall apart. It'll fall apart anyway. My God, what despair. Wow. I mean... And, 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 of course, he's completely right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean... Uh, and so so what... what you you can say oh Metaxas is this, this is an appalling individual because he's a fascist, but you can also say no, he's just a realist. You know, he gets it that 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 um, um, that actually the only way to train, you know, to, to harness Greece and its and its and these these thirty years of political upheaval, the national schism, the, yeah. the Venezuelos versus, you know, the Republicans versus the Royalists. I mean, this, is, this yeah. is not sort of, you know, Jeremy Corbyn and a handful of others going, you know, I think it's time to overthrow the monarchy in Britain. This this no. is an absolute binary, you know, 48-52 kind of thing yeah. um, in, in Greece. And as I say, you know, that, that, that fault line has been, has been papered over or filled in with concrete, but it hasn't been resolved. Yeah. What Metaxas is doing, while you've got someone like Metaxas in charge, that can be kind of indefinitely kept maintained, um, yeah. but but you can't once 
once he's gone that's the, that is the problem you know it, it because there is no one like him to fill that gap and there's no provision to to, to fill that gap either yeah yeah and then the, the and the net you know it is within you know whether he dies on the 29th of january 1941 um the invasion of greece is on the 7th of april or something like that yeah um um it's all over by the you know well german troops are in athens on the 27th aren't they you know it's yeah. it's 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 not very long um, yeah. and, and King George II is, is, is acting beyond kind of, you know, he's absolutely using the extreme of his um, royal prerogatives yeah. to make decisions, which really he shouldn't be because that's not what they're set up to do. Yeah. You know, he, he does have that within his armoury, but it's it's an exception, not the rule. And, and so he's wandering around like a sort of, you know, a very, very, very right wing kind of, over-dominant monarchist yeah you know um, king and there isn't really the stomach for, for that within Greece and then they bug out and of course the British are all like you know you're, you're, you know, you're the king and you're a royal family yeah. and you're kind of Northern yeah. European and you're related yeah. to us so of course we're going to look after you sir yeah you know and all this kind of stuff and it's all just a bit awful yeah because he's I, a bit I, crap like I said it's complicated enough without the Second World War then intervening and um, <laughs> stirring the pot. Well, well it, they, it is the proverbial tinderbox. That's the and, it, and it's the the, uh, the Americans have, uh, have are not interested in Greece, right? They're not. Well, they are. They said they send it. There's loads and loads <laughs> of OSS agents that go in as well. Right, right. God. <laughs> so it, yeah. it gets really, really complicated. It does get really complicated. You know. God. On the 18th of April, there is an emergency meeting between the king, the prime minister, who's this guy called Carizis, who is this yeah. banker from the kind of, you know, National Bank of Greece, who's yeah. become interim PM, um, at the Grand Britannia Hotel in Athens. Yeah. And they, like, they go, oh, shit, what are we going to do? You know, Greece is collapsing. Yeah. What, what's the plan? Well, we'll move to Crete to start off with. Yeah. Carizis just goes, I'm completely out of my debt here. Please let me resign. And King George II goes, goes no, absolutely no way. The last thing I want is my bloody prime minister to resign. Oh so Carizus goes home and shoots himself. There's another prime minister that's died on the job. I mean, it's, it's literally the kind of the, the poison chalice to, to beat all poison chalices. That is amazing. And so another MP, another banker takes over, Emmanuel um, Suderos, who takes over and he evacuates with the king. And they become the government in exile, first in kind of, you know, Crete, then in Cairo, and then in yeah. London for the rest of the war, where they're cozying up. And, of course, the royal family is then rubbing shoulders with, you know, Queen Wilhelmina. Yeah. Um, um, uh, but also the British royal family. Yeah, and the yeah. British elites and Churchill and all the rest of it. And so, so, keep, so of course, that, they're not... Go- keeping that going, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, 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 but they're doing that from London with absolutely yeah. no idea what is actually yeah. going on in Greece. And, and yeah. you know, and it's not just... I mean, I mean, listen. So, so food prices. So, so because the, the Germans come in, they they take all Greek gold. Okay, yeah. just half inch it. Yeah. The, the the Greeks are dependent on imports for food anyway, but they yeah. do produce you know decent amounts of tobacco, decent amounts of of cereals, um, currants, um, wine, yeah. and, and various other things, olive yeah. oil, and so on. Yeah. Um, but the Germans take all that as well. Yeah, and there's no means of of kind of producing that. There is massive inflation, so so the value of a drachma plummets. So price of bread um, in the first year of occupation is seventy drachmas per unit. Yeah, but by the end of that first year, but so by by April 1942, it's two thousand three hundred and fifty drachmas, <laughs> and by 1944, it's two million drachmas. Jesus Christ! From seventy. Yeah. 
You know, so is it any wonder that people are starving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and eventually the Red Cross do manage to get some kind of relief, you know, relief aid into Greece. But obviously it's not enough. The black market is absolutely rampant. I mean, I'd also say... people are taking to the mountains. And of course, you know, the the Germans and the Italians and the Bulgarians don't really want to go into the the mountains too much. So it's it's too difficult. But but what you do do is what, what the... What what SOE are encouraging these guys to do is 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 lots of acts of sabotage. Yeah, working on the basis that, on the understanding that the Greeks think there's going to be an Allied invasion, of course, mm. which isn't. Mm. Yeah, yeah. SOE and the British know perfectly well, but by encouraging these acts of sabotage, there are going to be horrific reprisals. Reprisals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are going to lead to lots and lots of Greek civilian deaths. So again, you've got this by this middle part of the war, which I think is really, really interesting. By 1943, this is my this is my point. When when I think the Allies start getting really back into Europe again, I think that is the point where the kind of the you know the Great Crusade, the morality starts to be questioned. And it's also the time where the beverage report is being you know circulated yeah. and all the rest of it. It's also the time of the Bengal famine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah. there's all these moments where, where you know, you're, and you're bombing large scale, you know. The start of the all-out strategic air offensive against Germany. Yeah. So suddenly you've got these, you know, one can argue the toss either way, but you are getting these points where there are, you know, questionable morality to that crusade. Yeah. And I would say the the active um, encouragement of, of of resistance against the occupiers in Greece and indeed in the Balkans, for example, in Yugoslavia, it are two examples where the Allies know perfectly well what that means. And, and you, in, in the interest of deception plans for Sicily, for example, you know we talked about Operation Animals, um, uh, yeah. which is also led by Eddie Myers um, yeah. in the you know in June 19, May June nineteen forty forty three before the, yeah. the Sicily invasion. We talked about that before. You know all those series of, of operations against viaducts and bridges yeah. and yeah. all sorts of stuff. Um, all those uh, some forty odd forty four, I think it was little operations um, within the wider Operation Animals. You know, by encouraging that, which is a deception plan for Sicily, which is of of, of spurious significance. I mean, you know, we've already had that whole discussion about mincemeat. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. make any difference at all. But as a result of that, <laughs> you know, lots and lots of Greeks are being killed. And I, you know, and I, I don't know how I feel about it quite, but it, but it, there is a sort of morality to it. You know, there's question marks here. But also, isn't there a cynicism in it? Is that uh, um, a, yes, a, there a, is. Rep- well, yeah, but that well, no, of a, a, a slightly different order. That reprisals will, after all bind people to the resistance it, they won't put people off resisting the germans they'll they'll encourage them against the germans and so if you do things that cause reprisals it's shoring it's it's as likely to shore up popular support for your side as it is to damage it you'll obviously got some people going can we please stop doing this because of the reprisals you've got other people who won't be able to see that far and just thinking well the germans are bastards i want them out you know at, at, and that 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 that's also part of the calculation is it's because we you know right at the start of this we talked about how do you mobilise people to fight how do you get people how do you you know and I'm not I'm not saying it's like a false flag kind of consideration but it's this idea that if if the Germans are being bitterly or the Italians or whoever because after all we talked it's the Italians in forty two doing reprisals for Operation Harley if you if that's going on it's a good way of saying look look who the bad guys are. All which, all we just want our country back and look at the way they're. Tri- Do you know what I mean? That 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 has to also be part of the calculation because if it wasn't, it's all a bit naive, isn't it? It's all a bit. It's all a bit. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, un- I'm, not, I'm not. And I'm not saying that the 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 British were wrong. I'm just saying it's a, yeah. it's it's 
it's it's one of the reasons why the Second World War is still so incredibly fascinating because we're we're drawn to it because of the human drama and yet yeah. so, you know it, you know just in this little I mean whoever knew about Greece for example I mean yeah, it's yeah, completely yeah. forgotten no one cares yeah. about it you know no. these these little these little activities are going on you know we haven't even you know I mean between 1941 and 1943 a quarter of a million people died of starvation in Greece starvation yeah. you know that yeah. is 5% of the population yeah yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. And, and then you know and then on top of that you've got you know 48,974 Jews from northern Greece yeah. were taken straight to Auschwitz of those 40 nearly 49,000 37,386 were gassed on arrival at Birkenau okay and that is about 90% of Greece's Jews were killed yeah. in the Holocaust, yeah. which makes them, as a proportion of the, of, the, of the Jewish population of a country killed, it's about the highest. Yeah. It's even higher than Poland. Yeah. It's even higher than Hungary yeah. as a proportion of, of, of the uh, country's Jews that yeah, were killed yeah, yeah. As, uh, yeah. in, in the Holocaust. I mean, it is, it is an absolute horror story. And for the vast majority of Greeks, whether you're, you know, Particularly tough in urban areas, of course, because that's where the, you know, the the food crisis is 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 greatest. But you know, what's your choice? You either kind of sweat it out in Athens or Piraeus or Patras or wherever it might be, yeah. Or you try and, um, you know, you 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 flee to the mountains or whatever. But once you're in the mountains, you're absolutely, you know, it's a, either which way you go, it's a kind of, you know, it's it's what is the lesser of two evils? But they're both yeah. really awful because yeah. it means that every single day it's just a struggle to exist yeah. and survive. You know, you have families split up and separated. You know that you know when you've got these Andartes ruling around and they're run by someone like Aris, you know, who is notorious for his extreme cruelty and lack of yeah. pathos. Yeah. Um, the smallest thing, and you're you're tortured, executed, have your nuts chopped off. Yeah, all the rest of it. Yeah, you, you, you know, and and as I say, it turns into this 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 civil war. I mean, we just don't have time on this this episode so, to talk about the kind of denouement of it, but maybe we should talk about that next week. But I mean, but it is it is absolutely astonishing and and sort of eye opening how complex this is and and just what a what a nightmare it was for people in Greece and and yeah. how tough it was and I think you know when when you see the anger at the kind of you know the german loans and all the rest of it you you say you know in recent times you you know it all goes back to this and you you sort of can it, it you can't help but feeling a little bit more sympathetic to 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 the kind of tentacles of to the yes yeah, so the source of the animus basically yeah, yeah and, and yeah. it's and you know how the germans look at it, they're not in the slightest bit interested in occupying greece apart from the kind of the, the key bit so they they occupy athens and Praeus and crete yeah. Um, yeah. anything that's sort of you know particular interest to them and the rest of it they leave to the italians oh and also the Decanese, so so yeah. you know, close to Turkey and all the rest of it. So Rhodes, yeah. Simi, Liros, so they're they're occupied by, by the yeah. Germans, but for the most part they're occupied by by the Italians. Uh, and you know the Captain Corelli view of sort of you know rather charming kind of mandolin playing Italian commanders <laughs> on on Cephalonia is just completely mistaken because the Italians are just as brutal as the Germans in dealing with the Greeks. Yeah, you know the, the you know the, the Germans maybe execute twenty thousand Greeks during their in in their bits of the occupation, whereas Italians it's more like eighty thousand. Yeah, right. those are big numbers, aren't they? I mean, imagine the whole of kind of Wembley completely packed. Yeah, and all of those have been executed. Those are, the, each one of those represents someone that's been executed by, or the Yankee Stadium or something. Yeah, or Stade yeah. de France. You, you know, every single one of those represents someone that's been a Greek person that has been executed by Italians. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. not great, is it? No, no. Anyway, that's 
That's all we have time for. Um, uh, we've lots of stuff. <laughs> more uh, than we've got time for. More than we've got time for. Lots of stuff uh, of coming for the festival for Thursdays. I think we've got um, the best German generals, I think, um, which is a hard thing to, after all, define. Because what you want is German generals that lose. But um, uh, we, will <laughs> we will see you all soon. Thanks very much for listening. Um, cheerio. Cheerio. Cheerio.